0: Hello and welcome to Crypto for Planners. Today, we're diving into the world of digital assets and exploring the latest development in this space, the international expansion of the Certified Digital Asset Advisor. And with me to talk about it is none other than the international man of mystery, Adam Blumberg. Adam, how you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I, I didn't expect the international man of mystery uh, moniker. And oddly enough, I think I watched Austin Powers the other night. Nice.
0: Nice. Are you more you like the first one or are you more of a gold member guy?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm more of the first one. I I like the fact that it was so, you know, pretty unique and original. After a while, they kind of recycle a lot of the same jokes. Yeah. Uh, I, I do appreciate some of the humor in, in gold member. I, I do appreciate the little bits of humor here and there. And of course, got to love having Michael Caine in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. And, yeah. you know, I think there'll be some some parallels um, to crypto with Austin Powers where some of the advisors are, uh, Basically frozen for forty years, and they wake up and they're trying to trade stocks and bonds in a world run by blockchain technology. So we're here to make sure that doesn't happen. And one of the ways we're doing it, Adam. Unless you got more Austin Powers talk, I don't. I. Mean, you know
1: what? I'm I'm a little bit shocked at the analogy you just came up with and how <laughs> brilliant it was.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I was just I was just picturing when he becomes unfrozen, and and obviously the. The world's longest pee is one of the greatest scenes that that there is. So, um, luckily, I, I I saved it into some type of analogy. But but thank you. So, uh, it, so on to today's topic, and we may go back back to that at some point. Uh, so we've got a lot of movement with the education providers and the certified digital asset advisor. Um, and I know that you were on a call with some of them recently. So we'll see if we can't maybe uh keep this organized here and 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 what we're talking about, but let's talk about some of the different international uh, education providers we have um, and where they're located. So, Adam, we have a new one in the Middle East that's getting rolling. Is that correct?
1: Sure. This is actually uh, going to be, I believe, a second cohort for the Middle East. We had one. Ah. They had one cohort already. Um, Dr. Taji, he started it pretty small. He purposely wanted to make his first cohort relatively small. Uh, he did it mainly in uh, Dubai and Bahrain and getting a little bit of Saudi Arabia in there. And, you know, of course, the Middle East is a super hotbed for crypto, right? Dubai, the UAE is really trying to bring in more crypto companies They're trying to fund a lot of crypto companies. They have regulation that is very forward thinking and very amenable to what those companies want to do. Binance has headquarters there. Uh, several other companies we saw in the news where uh, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase was actually in the UAE this past week. Of, of course, talking about Coinbase and mm-hmm. potentially moving outside the U.S. and the UAE would be a very hospitable place for an exchange like Coinbase to be as they try to kind of take over the world with their exchange. So, UAE Dubai is a is you know the place where we really need this kind of education for. The, the financial advisors for the financial professionals that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. And Dr. Taji does show up to the CDA live sessions and keeps us updated and uh, is a pretty active presence around the Dow. So uh, we're we're having a lot of fun following him and, and we'll get back to what he's doing later. Um, also, we're over in Turkey now, correct? We are
1: just now launching in Turkey. This is really exciting. This is one that I, I've been excited about. Um, no offense to the others, but probably more than the others. And a big part of the reason is uh, Afshar, who took our course you know, last summer, I believe, and has been working on this for a while, has a history as a university professor, has a history with universities in Turkey. And the reason why I'm so excited about this is because Turkey is one of those countries that really needs crypto. The mm-hmm. The people, there has been a history, very, very recent history where people have not been able to take money out of their banks because the government has decided you're not allowed to take money out of the bank. They, their currency consistently gets devalued. Uh, they're having elections, I believe, this week, Steve, and, and they're likely to have the currency devalued by at least 15 20% probably this week. So this is a, a country that severely needs crypto. And if you look at any list of countries where there is most adoption of crypto, Turkey is at or near the top of that. So having you know, financial professionals that can help people with their adoption, with their use cases, with their custody, all of those things is going to be vitally important.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And Turkey kind of hits the, the trifecta as far as a, you know, emerging economy, a government with some, you know, some poor monetary decisions, and then also a natural disaster. So they had that big earthquake there recently. Right. And I know that they're trying to, you know, find a way to provide some discounted courses and certifications. And, and we're working with them on that as well. But there, there's multiple things that, that can affect a, a region. Exactly. And what, and what Turkey saw,
1: of course, you know, unfortunately, this course was supposed to start, I believe, back in March. But with the earthquake there, that, that devastation, everything had to be pushed out a few months. What Turkey also saw was a huge amount of donations for their causes. And many of those donations were given in crypto. So they've seen all, all different parts of the benefits of crypto decentralized finance, basically people being able to take custody and take sovereignty over their own money.
0: Yep. Yep. Great point. Uh, a li- we have a little bit more Europe going on. Um, am I remembering correct that we are based out of Austria, although going to a couple different countries in that area?
1: Right. So Nicholas Schmidt, who is a partner with Wolf Dice Law Firm, which is all over Europe, he's a partner. He kind of heads up the crypto division there. And and really the the tech division, because he's talking a lot, obviously, about AI right now, Mm -hmm. but has talked about crypto. He's taught decentralized finance and crypto courses for several years to professionals, mainly to other attorneys for several years. And just last year, we approved his course for uh, for CDAA approval. So that means anyone who takes his course uh, will also get to come through the the CDA certification process. Again, he's based out of Austria. His course is, you know, delivered online over a couple of weeks, you know, a couple hours a night over over a few weeks. And he has in the past had hundreds of people attend his courses. Uh, He still gets that, does it a few times a year, still gets that uh, that number, that kind of um, attendance at his courses quite a bit. As he says, I've actually attended some of his uh, some of his sessions a lot of questions a lot, a lot of people asking questions a lot of people asking i have a client who is in this situation or that situation people are really turned on by DeFi. They're really turned on by some of the use cases especially you know their lawyers so especially around like nfts and and property rights and such so it, it's really interesting to see what he's built there and now his course uh this he just had his second cohort that is available for certified digital asset advisor inclusion certified digital asset advisor certification
0: Mm hmm. And people are also turned on by Austin Powers, uh, as you as you well know. So those three courses are live um, like that callback. I'm not I'm not done yet. So yeah. those three courses are live or live in the next couple of days. Um, but you're having a lot of conversations. And who is maybe just a couple of regions that are maybe in the pipeline that we might be seeing uh, here mid year or even by the fall. In the
1: pipeline. So we're working on just a Latin American Version So one that would be primarily in Spanish and a little bit in, in Portuguese, right? And we're working on it with uh, someone who is very uh, in-depth in into the Ethereum Foundation to help build out Planner Dow Latin America, which would include some coursework in Spanish for, for um, various advisors in Latin America. Uh, specifically, we're also working on Brazil, which is kind of his own animal, uh, which obviously has a you know, very large economy. Uh, has very much embraced crypto recently has had some regulation and legislation around that and a lot of the people in Brazil have embraced it and and obviously you know speaking Portuguese instead of Spanish they'd have to be kind of on a different course uh, but but been in talks in Brazil for quite a while uh, lately also been in talks with someone with, in Australia who's looking to teach the course obviously Australia has a pretty robust financial system they have regulations already uh, around you know they' they're, they're financial services market, which is, you know, a lot more like ours or Canada or, or the UK than it is like a developing country. So it, we definitely see the need and and have met some people from Australia and a few of them have said we really want to be able to teach financial advisors and, and financial professionals in Australia these, you know, about crypto and have a certification to go with it. So working in, in Australia as well. And I can't wait to go visit and kind of do the uh, whatever ribbon cutting ceremony we have to
0: have in Australia. Yes. Yes. Just go during the summer and remember that's right. the winner here. So okay. <laughs> yeah, but being from Texas, that, 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 should be easy for you. So, yeah. um, so, you know, but there's a, there's a theory. So we're excited to have all these international chapters and opportunities, but the whole fundamental decision that made this possible, Adam, is one thing we talked about and, and with some of the uh, earlier contributors to the DAO, which is we need multiple education providers. We don't want the DAO itself or Adam's business or Steve's business to be the ones providing this education exclusively. We want to open it up to expand it as widely as possible. So uh, wh- why don't you walk people back through, you know, that conversation and some of the decisions we made along the way.
1: Yeah. So the decisions that, that we made along the way, right, is we, we started teaching this course. You know, Ron and I started the course. We, we hooked up with you, Steve. And we said, OK, we need to make this some sort of certifications. People have to get some sort of certificate, some sort of proof that they completed this course, whether that's for compliance purposes or just for their own edification, just to put on their own you know, LinkedIn, Twitter timeline, whatever they want to do, show their clients that they understand this. And then we went a little farther and we said, OK, if we look at these certifications and designations that really resonate and have value, they are run by some sort of independent third party, independent entity They're not necessarily run by the people that created them. And those we can look to are, you know, CPA, CFP, CFA, you know, those designations that still hold quite a bit of weight with investors, still hold quite a bit of weight with, with clients. And they're run by relatively independent boards or independent groups. And part of that is having to have other education partners, other education providers, other than the people that created them. Right. Because if it's adam's designation or steve's designation it's going to hold a lot less water with e- either with you know compliance boards or even with yeah. clients to say hey i got i got a certificate from steve that says i know crypto mm-hmm. and everyone's going to go well who the hell's steve
0: yeah uh, and I'm, I'm using you in particular because yeah everyone knows who i am right you know i think it's fair i think it's fair to use who the hell steve is is a, a good example here but that that's a good point right and and, and and again, underlying that conversation is, Hey, do do we want this to be a marketing certification or do we want this to be an actual educational certification? And, and that's a fine line that that certifications and and different things have to have to walk. Um, I think, as we all know, most of them kind of fall into the marketing category Um, and that can be a bonus. and, and, And part of that's okay, but we want it to be a true education certification. And to do that, you know, we, we need different perspectives and, and, and more trial and error. And, um, you know, more diversity in, in who's providing this so we can we can learn faster and iterate faster. Um, yeah. And I think that's what we've been after the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think
1: we need to get those perspectives. We need help uh, from those education partners. We need help from others around the world to say, what in your mind do we need to know? What, what in your mind does a financial advisor or a CPA or a banker or an attorney mm-hmm. need to know in order to help someone else with their money? And I think mm-hmm. that's what we've that's what's been important to us this whole time. It's you know, it's not creating the CDAA so that we can make a lot of money by owning the CDAA. It's creating it because it's necessary in the industry. And the interesting thing, Steve, is we've seen you know, the, the first thought is it's necessary for traditional financial advisors to prove that they understand crypto. What we've seen, which has actually been a little surprising, is the number of people on the crypto side that have said, I want this because I want to help manage Dow Treasuries. Or mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to help my, my friends with their crypto, but I want, to, I want some proof that I understand this. And, and the number of people on the crypto side that have said, I want to learn some of the financial principles we talked about. I want to learn about allocation and I want to learn about how, to, how people effectively manage their money and debt and all those things uh, on a personal level. They want to, to learn that. So it's been very well accepted actually by the crypto community, which is actually something
0: I completely, I don't want to say completely, I didn't expect as much as,
1: I, as I've as i seen.
0: Yeah, I think in that way, it's a little more analogous to maybe a CPA than a CFP. So a CFP in general, right, is still client facing. Um, whereas a CPA, if you talk to the public, you know, oh, do you do taxes? You know, can you do my taxes? Right. And it's like, well, right. no, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I work for, you know, Microsoft's Treasury Department. Like, no, I can't do your taxes. So there's CPAs all over who are basically inside companies, but it signifies, you know, the role they play. And so I think I think we're seeing that, although we have a ton of CDAs who are client facing and they offer those services and it's still most of them, we're also going to have a lot of them who are in industry and are using that to signify their expertise as far as being able to educate or manage or do whatever it is. I want to transition real quick into why international, because you touched on it earlier, um, and I think that's really important. So to kick it off, um, what we just found out, I think I think last week, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is that in Turkey, there's no official regime to license financial advisors. There's no real official licensing, right? And I'm sure there's some guidelines or something. And so we still want a fiduciary to be introducing crypto to the the citizens of Turkey. That's really important. So from the Dow standpoint, we still want best practices and we want standards and we want to train them like they're a fiduciary. But as far as their education, you know, do they do they need eight hours on U.S. regulatory law? No. You know, they're going to need different things. So I think that was an interesting example of why it's so important to have education specific to a region. You're
1: right, Stephen. And keep in mind in these different regions, one, they're going to have a a different regulatory regime. As you said, in Turkey, there's no from the government perspective, there's no concept of a financial advisor. And and we're going to regulate what you can and can't do for clients. We think it's important because we know that crypto and, and DeFi is extremely important worldwide. It's going to be important to different people for different reasons. And we've seen the hacks and the exploits and everything bad that happens. And we know the more people that Don't know what they're doing and lose their money, whether it's through, you know, whether it's because they get hacked or exploited or, you know, they buy buy meme coins and they go down or something like that. The more people that do that, the harder time crypto is going to have taking hold and the harder time DeFi is going to have with this evolution from the current banking system to to this new system. And so we want to make sure that that there are people there that can help that you know in in a fiduciary capacity whether that is a government imposed fiduciary capacity or kind of a self imposed fiduciary capacity. We want to make sure that they understand. And then the other part Steve is keeping in mind that there are people who are now able, and this is kind of the promise of crypto and DeFi. There are people that are now able to participate in the financial system that have never been able to do so before. Mm-hmm. Right? They've never been able to necessarily use or trust a bank. They've maybe never been able to. Ha- you know, The concept of earning interest is totally, no pun intended, foreign to them. And they need to understand what that's like. They need to understand how they can maybe make investments and keep them safe and what to look for because they've never been able to do that. And Mm -hmm. now they might have the opportunity to do that. And they have to start, you know, where you and I grew up understanding interest and and probably a lot of the things like investing were kind of ingrained in us to where when you got to be a financial advisor, most of it was just kind of second nature. And and you obviously learned a lot of the equations and alpha and all those things. But these are people that in, in a good part of the world that have never had those opportunities. So they yep. they definitely need someone to help them understand like oh when I put my money in this account whether I call it a
0: wallet or custody or whatever I'm going to earn something just because it sits there that's crazy talk. Hmm. That's that's a great point and I, I think one of the biggest things there and it's it's for people in the U.S. and international but you know even if banking is harder right maybe they could get a banking uh, get a banking bank account opened but again there's nothing to compound right? Like it got, it got half a percent a year and there's nothing to see. And I can't even imagine how difficult it would be to open an investment account, um, you know, with, with dollars and get that done. And so sure there's the banking issue, but I think even bigger than this is the way that for just a couple dollars, you can start to see compound interest at work and you can start to see the growth of assets or just the compounding of an interest rate. Um, and, and it's a way to take basically like a, you know, like a hypothetical stock account that you'd ordinarily use to teach. And you can just say, well, let's just, with a couple bucks, you can actually see what's happening here.
1: Exactly, and and you know, ideally, in an ideal world, it didn't take that many dollars, or that it didn't take that many of whatever the the currency is. And, and that's another part, Steve, is you're seeing people in other parts of the world utilizing, you know, maybe stable coins or, or even Bitcoin as opposed to their own currency because their currency is being devalued. Obviously, we talked about it in Turkey, Argentina is always the the poster child for this because of their hundred percent inflation every year so there are people that are already using this because their currency is being devalued but they need they need help to understand how to keep it safe they need help because once they have it in crypto once they have it in a wallet they're going to be open to all sorts of opportunities all over the world and they're going to have to understand which ones are safe and which ones are not and which ones are good for them and their family and their business Uh, and and that's where that's what financial professionals are supposed to
0: do yeah, so I want to wrap this up with a quick call to action. So over the last week, Adam, we've been having a conversation centered around um, the the Turkey chapter that's going on there, as far as offering um, discounted membership dues to uh, advisors in Turkey. And the reason for that is, of course, their purchasing power is much less. In addition to some of the other issues we talked about um, in the in the uh, InterAccess live session on Friday, which everybody's welcome to join. Just reach out to Adam. Um, I asked for some feedback of, hey, how should we do this? And uh, got some got some great input that uh, from one organization that does it, which is if the country is a, me- a member of the uh, uh, an emerging country according to the MSCI World Index, and I think there's two categories, then they offer a discounted price, and that way it was black and white, and and hat tip to uh, Keith Black for offering that up. Um, since then, I've gotten a couple other recommendations. But if you have ideas for how we could discount in various regions and countries around the world and what that criteria should be, I'd love to hear from you. So reach out to Adam or I through the DAO, uh, through any wherever, easy to find Adam, he'll forward it to me, reach out to Adam, or you can track me down. Um, but we'd love to hear you. That's, that's what Adam and I are working on right now. We want to make it as, as transparent as possible and as accessible as possible for, for people in these different regions. Yeah. Thanks. You're right, Stephen.
1: We've been working on that because we've we've been we've gotten asked that question from Turkey. We've gotten asked it from Brazil and and some others that say, look, that your your regular fees are a bit high for for the you know regular earnings of, of the people in this industry in this region. Uh, what can you do? And we've said you're you're right. It should fit the the region so that you know on a percentage basis it just makes sense for them. Yep. Absolutely.
0: All right, well, if, uh, thanks for joining us on this episode. If you have questions, reach out to us, like we said. Um, other than that, Adam, thanks for joining. Uh, Adam, Gold Member Blumber, is here today, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thanks for joining us.